Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will help you grow your business and take it to the next level. Today, I have with me Marsha, and I'm going to read this so I don't mess it up, Van <laughs> Weinsberg. You got very good, yes. <laughs> but luckily, it's spelled the way it sounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. Or sounds the way it's spelled. I don't know. Anyway, so let's talk about what Marsha um, has done so far in her life. She is a storytelling business coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. Marsha is six-time best-selling author of When She Stopped Asking Why, and we'll learn more about that. She shares her lesson as a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse that tore her family apart. Marsha has been published seven times in collaborative books including Owning Your Choices, sharing inspirational stories of courage from women around the world. Through her tools, NLP certifications, programs, coaching, and two podcasts, Marcia teaches the power of radical responsibility and owning your choices in your own life. She empowers women to own and stand on their stories, be conscious leaders, and build profitable platform businesses that create massive impact. The theme that I chose for this episode is your story is no longer about you. And I'll tell you why I chose that in a moment. Please join me in welcoming Marsha Van Weinsberger. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Vicki. Honestly, I mean, most people don't get my name anywhere near that. So it was very <laughs> good. Thank you. Thanks Is for having me. Weinsberger or Weinsberger? Weinsberg? It's Van Weinsberg. Oh, oh, shoot. I was right. Three syllables. Yeah. Yeah. Weinsberg. All right. So we always start out with easy question of where do you call home? Where do you live? I live in Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Waterloo, what a fun name. Did you just choose that city because it had such a gosh darn good name? Yes. I actually went to university here and then moved away for probably uh, 10 years-ish. And then my husband was transferred back to something close to here. So we decided to come back and we've been here for almost 22 years. So is it a college town kind of thing or? 
It is definitely, there's two universities and one college. So oh. there is, it's, it's about 350,000, just under 400,000, but you know, definitely it's that kind of city where if you're here during school months, it's different. And in the summer, it's like, it's so nice because it's so <laughs> quiet. It's, it's quiet and it's not as many people. And then all of a sudden that Labor Day comes and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot how, <laughs> how busy it gets. Yeah. Yeah. But I still love it. Yeah. Awesome. So what does it mean to own your own story and how do you do that? Mm -hmm. That's a big question. So owning your story is, I liked, these are some of the words that helped me in changing my story and my mindset many years ago. And the way I look at owning your story is taking like full ownership for your story and for your part in the story. And I realize every single story has multiple people in it. So it's not a case where it is just, you know, nothing happens in isolation. So but owning your story means owning your part of the story. And that means that we all have choices. We all make decisions. We all have actions. We all have things that we can, that are ours to own. And sometimes it can be as simple as, you know, horrific things do happen to really good people. So this mm -hmm. is, this can be a real trigger question for a lot of people. But what I can say with that is, is that we can still always choose how we respond. We can choose if we're going to get help. We can choose if we're going to move forward. We can choose not to let that story define us. And I think that's the big thing. Mm -hmm. When we don't move through the process of healing and learning to own the story, that story does define us. And when it defines us, it will dictate what we say yes and no to, what we feel worthy of receiving, mm -hmm. what opportunities we feel available for. Before we even know it, that story becomes our whole identity. Mm -hmm. And and I know that, as I said, I know it's hard because there are people walking through very difficult stories. I, I never downplay that. But out of five years of podcasting, I'll tell you, some of the most unbelievable stories I've had have been people who have walked through things you can't even imagine, mm -hmm. and they're now doing something with it. So we still always have a choice in how we respond. Yeah. And the reason I chose this is, you know, when I coach people on speaking and um, doing videos and, and lives, it's, I always tell them, you, you tell a story, but, and it may be your story, but you tell it in a way that it's our story, because mm -hmm. most likely the story that you have has some message, something in it that is going to touch someone else's heart and their emotion. And, and that's going to make it more worthwhile. I couldn't agree more. I honestly couldn't. I think that's another misconception is just that people are afraid of sharing part of that story because they don't want it to be a look at me. And, mm -hmm. and it's actually, that's not what it is at all. What happens is that when we learn how to share it, we can now, build those connections with each other because that was one of the biggest surprises for me is I couldn't believe the amount of people I was connecting with not because they had the same story as me they didn't at all they had something completely different but they recognized my emotions the feelings the experiences the lessons and that was the eye-opener that we're so we're so much more alike than different yeah mm -hmm. and, and it just makes the world so much better when people realize that they are not 
really alone that people have those experiences and you know as you said it is your choice but you also have a choice of change I know. And I know that that is, I, like I said, I don't ever want to come across as this is the only way because there are people who will be stuck as a victim in their story that Mm -hmm. that will trigger what we've just said. And I can recognize that because I spent many years as a victim. So Mm -hmm. it's, I, I can see it and I recognize it, but we always have a choice in how we respond and when you're in that space, recognizing that maybe could you do something good with something difficult that happened can really change your entire perspective. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you find the courage to go first and create the change you wish to see? Mm. I love this question. I think that a couple of things I want to clarify first, courage is not something that I have and someone else doesn't. It's something we all have. Mm -hmm. So if you're listening and you think, okay, but I don't have that kind of courage. Well, it's a muscle and you build it and you build it by practicing and doing it. And so when I first started, um, how I speak now is very different than how I spoke five, six, seven years ago, you know, very first time on the stage, I actually broke down and cried. Like, and I thought that's the the worst thing in the world that I could have ever done, mm-hmm. but it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah. it was a great way to connect. And I think I'm actually glad that that happened because then I was able to go, okay, I'm I, like, I'm alive. I'm okay. I survived. <laughs> it, it was like my worst fear. I did it and I'm still okay. So I think that, you know, building the courage to do it, um, I stumbled into it. I'm not going to lie. I stumbled into it because I was so sick and tired of the space that I was in and the space that I was in was very much being suffocated by (sighs) a story that wasn't serving me. Mm -hmm. And so I started on a couple of very small stages. And when I started to share as scared as I was, what would happen is I would have people come up to me and say, like, Oh my God, that's my story. And I've never told anyone. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. even believe it. That's when I started to recognize that, like, I don't mean, how much of our population is walking around with these yeah. horrible yeah. shame stories that they are letting define them. Mm-hmm. And we have, the only reason that we feel so alone is because we don't talk about the difficult things in life. Mm-hmm. And I, come from a generation where you weren't supposed to do that. Like you literally just put the smile on and you moved on. But that's why we ended up in some of the problems that we've had is because we're too afraid to talk. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I think you have to get to a space of recognizing that it's a muscle that you can build and it takes practice. A little bit of stretching outside the comfort zone is a way that it can start and don't expect yourself to be perfect or to nail it from the beginning. Yeah. Like I was really just going to say that. Oh my God. Messy action. You just mm-hmm. can't, you can't expect it to be perfect. I actually, I was so scared, probably I'm going to say about 2015. So eight years ago, I wanted to start to show up, but I didn't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I decided that I was going to start to do Facebook lives. 
And when I started to do the Facebook lives, that was at a point, right? If we think back eight years ago, social media was very curated. It was very curated. Mm -hmm. So I decided I didn't have a strategy behind this, but I decided that I would show up and do my Facebook lives after hot yoga. So I don't know what you look like after hot <laughs> yeah. yoga, but hot mess, <laughs> hot mess, hot mess was it. And you know what? I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know. But in my brain, I felt comfortable doing it that way. And I think it was actually even better because I had yeah. a very real authentic thing to share. Yeah, exactly. So it wouldn't have made sense for me to come in all done up looking like I had everything together because I was not together. I was a hot mess at that time. Mm. And so that's what I started. Now, I also, I leave those videos up there and I share them every time they pop up. I'm like, just in case you wonder, this is what it looks like when you start allow yourself to start. Yeah. And people have messaged me and said, I cannot believe that you leave that up there. And I'm like, I will always leave that up there. I know. I always leave that up there because I think it's, it's the reminder that it's a long game and we all start somewhere. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So how do you find your voice and, and again, share your vulnerable story and leave everyone in integrity? So there's a few parts to that question. Mm -hmm. First off, leaving everyone in integrity. I'm going to start at the end first. Mm -hmm. um, leaving everyone in integrity. There's a couple of key things when it comes to this. And I learned this through listening to, in 2015, I heard Lisa Nichols speak live. And if you've never heard, mm -hmm. Lisa Nichols is fantastic, but I did get to hear her live. And that was a game changer for me because she talked about speaking in integrity with your story. And mm -hmm. I started to understand how to do it. And it really comes down to a few key points. One is that not everything has to be shared. You think it has to be shared. It does not. Vulnerability actually requires boundaries. If there's not boundaries, it's actually quite manipulative. And there's, mm -hmm. I'm going to say there's, I think we're seeing some of this online right now where it's like, you don't need to give every single detail and point fingers at who it, that's, that's not what mm -hmm. vulnerability is. Vulnerability is about ourselves. And so leaving others in integrity means that when you share your story, if you are involving someone else in the story that you're sharing, they should be able to be in the room when you're mm -hmm. speaking. They might not agree with what you've said, but you should be able to speak it as if they're standing there. Another piece is, is that you should be able to share. I say share from your scars and mm -hmm. not just your wounds. But there's even more to that because I know a lot of people who have scars who have really nasty wounds under it. So it's on the surface. It's like, no, that happened 20 years ago and I'm fine. And you get them talking and it's like, oh, they're not fine. That's not fine. That's a wound under a scar. Mm -hmm. So I like to say healed, like healed or in the process of healing. Because if you're sharing something that is very emotionally charged for you, not that you're not passionate but there are just some things that are not meant to be shared. And then the third thing is if you're doing that and there's something that you're sharing that brings up a ton of emotions and you're falling apart constantly, you don't need to share that either. Mm -hmm. Even as I just shared my story, I was a parent who dealt with teen substance abuse. I haven't shared much more than that, right? You don't have to share it all mm -hmm. in those pieces. You can be vulnerable about yourself. So I think that's the important thing is getting clear on what you're sharing. And then as far as finding your voice, practice, messy yeah. action and practice. And that goes back to the videos that I shared. I really started stretching myself 
and getting into that space of sharing. The other thing that really helped my courage, honestly, is that I, I made it not about me. Yeah. It wasn't about me. It was about who could this help? Who could this mm-hmm. make a difference with? And every time I would catch myself feeling the fear, like I can't do this, I would stop. And it's like, but this, you're making this is about you. This is mm-hmm. about you. Like, what would it feel like to be able to share that information and help that younger version of yourself? Because at that time, I remember saying to my counselor, everywhere I go, no one is talking about this. Like I, I must be the only person who's struggling because no one else was talking, but right. Nobody was talking. And she, she laughed and she said, first off, you know, go find a Facebook group. And I yeah. did very first Facebook group I found had a hundred thousand moms in it. And I was like, oh, this is not just me. Yeah. I didn't know. And, and then secondly, I said to her that no one is talking about this. Like, mm-hmm. I just can't find the information. And she said, maybe that's because you're supposed to. And that allowed me to start to make it about someone else. Mm-hmm. And it, it, so you need an intention, an intention to set out there that allows you to grow through those messy times to find your voice. And eventually you're fine. You'll find it. The one thing, the last thing I want to say about finding your voice that's really important is you should sound the same no matter where you are. If you are speaking on stage, if you are speaking online, if you're doing a video, if you're doing a podcast, you should, your voice and message should be the same. And one of the best compliments that I have gotten in and, and I appreciate this is people have said when they've met me, they're like, you're exactly the same as you are online. I'm like, awesome. Cause that's what we should be striving for. Yeah. So if you're trying to find your voice and you're not comfortable in it yet, then don't consume a lot of outside info until you can start to get clear on who you are and what mm. your voice and message is. Good, good, good advice. So how do you handle the criticism <clears throat> or judgment from others when it comes to sharing your story? It, that was an interesting one because um, as I often share that during those years, I didn't have to wonder what people were thinking about us. They had no problem telling us. They had no problem stopping us on the street. They had no problem coming to our door and telling us how they felt. And and I don't say that in a negative way. I just want to share that because our story was so scary, it scared people and that they reacted out of fear. I can see that now and I understand that. And so the judgment piece actually was a tough one to work through, but there was a light switch moment day. And that for me was a day when I had a friend, a very good friend who was being very critical to my face about not fixing, right. What was happening in our house. And unfortunately as moms, I think that's the thing is that we all believe we have signed this contract somewhere that it's all our job. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to fix, manage, control everything. And when this was happening, when I heard her words, it's like I had this moment where I just went, I've said all those things to myself already. Like I've heard, I'm listening to her, but I'm like, I just literally just said them like five minutes ago. (laughs) And so I know that sounds weird, but it became a moment of saying, I have already, like I am my own biggest critic. I am a hundred percent hand down my own biggest critic. So whatever someone else is saying to me, I've already said it. And that became a moment of a little bit of a light switch moment for me that it was like, I don't need to put this much stock into what someone else is saying about me because 
I am way harder on myself. Than I was anyone. just going to say a lot of times what we say is far worse than anybody would ever say to us. It's way worse, way mm. worse. And so that helped me get over that first hurdle when it comes to judgment. Mm. And then when I started sharing and really openly sharing and, you know, sharing in a lot of different mediums, I mean, I still get, I still get DMS. I get messages that like, I definitely push buttons with people because there's difficult stories. And I, mm. I respect that. But the thing is, is that, um, every, every person's response is like holding up a mirror. Like I'm a mirror to them. And that yeah. is something that's triggering something inside of them. And as I said, in the beginning, that when you're stuck in a victim mindset, then nothing changes until that changes yeah. first. Okay. And some people will never let go of that. So, but that's also why you do have to allow yourself to, to be vulnerable because sometimes you do have to have that aha moment that, oh my God, other people need to hear this as much as I need to say it. And because again, that's the intention. Like you're mm -hmm. saying it because you want to help someone. It's not a look at me. Yeah. It's that you want to do something good with it. And so I often like, I see judgment all the time. And I mean, I'm human. We do it too. Like, it's just, I work to catch mm -hmm. it. And when I do it, it's like, oh, no, 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 that's not, we can't live in that space and that energy. But what it comes down to is like, now when I see it, um, I will use that as content on a regular mm -hmm. basis. I never, I never say the person's name. I'm not going to do that. But I share it because I want people to know that this, that this road is not always like sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, for sure. And if, if you're reaching, <clears throat> if you're, pardon me, if you're reaching a hundred people and you get one negative DM and you want to grow your audience, when you get to 10,000 people, you're going to have a hundred. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Like it's as, and that's okay, but just recognize that, you know, are you going to spend your time stressing about the 1% or the 99%? Because yeah. A lot of the times why people don't start sharing their story is because they are concerned about what the people in their life will think right now. Mm -hmm. That's not who your story is for. Yeah. It's not for them. It's for people you haven't met yet. It's for people mm -hmm. who are like praying for the solutions you're holding on to. So don't let the people in your life today be the reason that you do or don't move forward. Awesome. So it's already time for rapid fire. Uh, I have what, four questions for you. What is okay. it like becoming a published author of a vulnerable story? So you not only do it in this platform, <laughs> but now you have to go into unknown places <laughs> and share your story face-to-face -face with people, which sometimes takes a different courage muscle. It does. It was, um, I'm not going to lie, it was a lot harder than it, than podcasting. It was a lot harder. And when I first put that story out there, I know when I first decided to write, I had a lot of family who didn't like the idea. And, and so I had to really do a lot of inner work to be able to know that I'm doing it for a good reason. I'm not doing it to spotlight something bad. Yeah. And when I, when that book released, a couple of things happened. Um, it blew up it got featured on a bunch of news stations and, and I got really uncomfortable with that. I'm not going to lie. I had the vulnerability hangover that people talk about. 
I did. I had, it took me a while. It took me a while to work through it. And, and it's because the other thing that happens when you live with shame stories that define you is you, you're used to doing it alone and pushing mm-hmm. and going through yeah. and receiving re- women are, women aren't great at receiving anyways, but receiving, <laughs> so true. Like, is that true? but receiving the amount of messages and things that I did, I'm so grateful for it, but it took me a couple months to really get a grounding level of like, okay, well, I don't know what to do with this. Cause I went from hiding to not just writing a book, like my cover, my face was on the cover. And so it was very open and vulnerable. I'm glad the whole way it worked out. Everything was exactly as it was meant to be. But when you share a vulnerable story and you put it in print, print is very different than this. It just lives on in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not easy, but I'm so grateful that I did it. Yeah. So are the people that have read it too. um, Excuse me. What does radical responsibility mean to you? Pardon me. Radical responsibility is taking full ownership for Mm -hmm. your part in the story. Again, Mm -hmm. another trigger sentence for a lot of people, but radical responsibility literally saved my life. I can say that in hands down in the middle of our challenges, I found myself in a space of, you know, blaming everyone for Mm -hmm. where my life was at because I was hoping that they would change their behavior. So my life could change. Um, And I know that sounds crazy, but that's where my brain was at at the time until I had to get to a space of recognizing that like radical responsibility is taking full ownership and responsibility for myself first. And that's not an easy thing to do as a mom. Yeah. But as I did that, and especially in a very chaotic situation, but as I did that and I stopped letting go of blame, and was like, no, Marsha, that's that's not your responsibility. This is your responsibility. Mm. And every time I would catch myself all day long, it's like, nope, that's yours. That's yours to own. Like you, you do that for yourself. Wow. It was a stacking practice, but that's what radical responsibility is. It's like taking full ownership and responsibility for yourself. And ironically, it's exactly what my kids had to do. Wow. So mm-hmm. how do you work to heal yourself? to do this type of vulnerable work. I mean, as you said, it's, it's a process. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. It it is a process and it's a journey and it's nothing is overnight. There's nothing in this that is overnight. I don't ever want it because how I, again, how I speak now is not how I would have spoke like six years ago, not even close. And so there's a lot of different, I I really encourage people. There are so many different tools and modalities and things that you can use to work through. I actually, through counseling, found myself like I was experiencing some PTSD. I didn't Mm. know it because we were dealing with, it was very traumatic in the things that we were experiencing. And so I did do a lot of nervous system work. I did a lot um, through my NLP um, training and tools subconscious reprogramming, EFT tapping, hypnosis, things to respect my Mm. own nervous system. Because like I spent my whole life as a pusher and a fighter and I just pushed my way through until my body basically said, yeah, we're done doing it that way. This isn't Mm. working. 
And I mean, it literally, I'm 53. It took me a big chunk of my life to learn that it didn't have to be done that way. So all of those tools combined. And then from there, everything from podcasts to reading books to surrounding myself with people who could support me, having mentors, having colleagues, like really being so intentional about the people that I surround myself with because, and treat it like it's a full-time job because it is, it is. It, it really is who you surround yourself with and it's been a process and I, I finally feel like I'm getting to a process where it's like, you know, I, it sounds really silly, but when you've lived with that kind of trauma, I probably yeah. didn't sleep for four years. I didn't sleep. My nervous system was an absolute jittery mess. And so I feel like I'm finally coming into a space where it's like, I can rest, I can sleep, mm-hmm. I can let my system balance itself out. So it's patience But I often say to people that, you know, imagine you're building your own toolbox and your job is to go out and investigate all the things that work for you, because what works for me isn't going to work for you. And then if this works for you, put in your toolbox, add it to your toolbox. And then when you're having those days, you got lots of things to pull from that can work for you. And I think just this, this last bit that you were talking about is really something very helpful because most people, not just women, but uh, a lot of moms, they don't realize the resources out, like you were talking about the EFT, the tapping. You know, I had a, a couple podcasts on the different things you talked about. And those are things that, you know, our moms didn't tell us about. They didn't know anything yeah. about it. And, and so you struggle again, that whole I'm alone in this, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. realizing that there are tools to put in your toolbox. You just have to. Um, you know, kind of go out there and first admit there's a issue and then try to find resources. There's a, you're exactly right. And I encourage people like I, in the beginning, I couldn't have afforded mentors or coaches or anything. Cause I just didn't, we were in the midst of losing everything. It was very chaotic. YouTube podcasts were my, they were my go-to. They were, mm-hmm. and which is another reason why I feel so passionate about podcasting because There are so many free resources out there for you to get started, find something that resonates with you and literally soak it in, like just take in whatever you can to help you to create change. I mean, that's why I do this is, you know, I just went at your fingertips, whether you're on the walk, you know, doing a walk to try to calm down where you could just listen to something that's going to help you. A hundred percent. There's just, you know, so many people again, have those stories to tell. What are some of your favorite client wins that you wouldn't mind sharing? Mm -hmm. I have had a number of clients. The one thing that I found is, you know, in the beginning, I didn't start to start a business. I didn't at all. And I'm grateful that the universe didn't show me what was coming because I guarantee I would have self-sabotaged because I did not feel ready. I did not feel worthy. I did not feel like I, it was, would have been too uncomfortable. So that's just my reminder for myself and for other people when you're like, but I don't know how you're not supposed to know the how you just have Mm -hmm. to keep going. Um, client wins. I have a number of clients who have started, um, coaching businesses, speaking on stage, starting podcasts, um, from everything dealing with addiction, with, um, food and eating disorders, um, overcoming major trauma, you know, child loss and, and 
to see these people take something so hard, difficult, heartbreaking and do something good with it. It's, I, it's hard to put into words. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. One of my absolute favorites is that I, um, my podcast started downloading in Africa and I connected with a girl there who was a survivor of human trafficking. She was very clear to say she was not a victim. She was a survivor. Mm -hmm. And when we released our owning your choices book in 2020, um, we were able to help her. We created a GoFundMe. We were able to get her chapter published and her story is incredible. We just shipped our whole books, her whole box of books over and her, she's created a foundation to support human trafficking. And she is in, yeah, in a space of speaking at the UN on trafficking. Oh, and nice. You know what? She's like, I literally just Googled. I wanted to listen to a podcast where it talked about difficult stories and choices. And so you don't know a, a back to something we just said earlier, honestly, Vicki, you don't know where your story is going to go. Yeah. It, it'll go places you can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. And I often think that if I am afraid to share something new or afraid to put myself out there, I'm like, but my story connected with Thembeka and Thembeka published her book. And it, like, like you have to see those things because mm-hmm. it's not about us. It's about what can it do that puts more good out into the world. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. lord knows we can use all of that, well, that we, we absolutely can can. <laughs> yes we absolutely can it's time now for me to share my screen with the contact information for marcia so if you will go grab that paper and pencil if you are just listening in so that you can get the website information all this will be on my youtube channel as well as my website marcia's information is https colon forward slash forward slash www.marsha v-a-n-w.com so that's m-a-r-s-h-a-v-a-n-w.com and her you can go on facebook using her name linkedin as well instagram the same twitter is marsha underscore v-a-n-w and TikTok is at Marsha V-A-N-W. Uh, mm-hmm. YouTube, just search for her name. They ha- they always give a crazy bunch of letters there. I'll let Marsha mm-hmm. talk to you about her quiz and her link. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much. So I created this free quiz um, two years ago. I've had so many people come through it. And it's called the blocks to owning your story because there's reasons why we don't own our story. We just don't even understand exactly what they are. And there's four blocks that I've come up with and they are victim, um, fighter, perfectionist, um, people pleaser and hider. And we all have pieces of those in ourselves, but we tend to have one more predominant than the others. And so when you go through this quiz, it'll, I think it's like 10 questions. It'll take you through and it'll email you. It's a free quiz, the results. And say, for example, you come up as a perfectionist um, or fighter, which is who I, who I was. I still have those pieces in me, but who I was. And with that, you're going to get a video explaining that. And then it'll also share with you a tapping, an EFT tapping to help you to work through that block. Because I think this is a thing. A lot of people say, as you've mentioned, like, how do I show up? How do I use my voice? How do I share? How do I have? Well, we all have these blocks. And the more we can learn to work through that and stop resisting who we are 
and just recognize who we are, then that allows us to actually change on the nervous system level, change those blocks so that we can start to show up and be our more authentic self. And the Instagram link is um, your direct mm -hmm. link to you. Yeah, that's a direct link to me, the one that's there. And I just, I that link especially, because I do tend to be a little more active on Instagram, but with that link, I actually have like, if there's like a masterclass coming up, then it's there. If it's, you know, something that's very relevant right now, then that's what you'll find in that link. Very good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you can get your book on amazon.com, the book you talked about. Remind them of the title again. Yes, it's called When She Stopped Asking Why. And the reason that's so important, my publisher at the time was like, that's just too long of a title. I'm like, nope, don't care. We need to use this. <laughs> because um, when I stopped asking why, like the why was killing me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a, a very important piece is, is that the why only matters when you're moving towards something. If you're asking why is this happening, that will never help you move forward. Right, right. Well, it's been so wonderful you've given us great information and reminders of uh, that we're not alone and that uh, you definitely should always reach out for help whenever you need it be sure to get that uh, again you can go to youtube or my website to get those links but be sure to visit the website be sure to go to her instagram and again all of her social media is just her name so marcia van w so be sure to go out connect with marcia so that you can share your story and um, help others as well mm. as always i remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride this is vicki netling signing off Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.